Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we're answering a listener question. This is from Astrea. And if you have a question you want us to answer on a future show, feel free to email us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com or go to the website thebittersweetlife.net and you'll find a way to write us there. All right. She writes, I hope to visit my family in South Carolina this May. And then I have a trip planned for Italy in September that cannot come soon enough. My plan is to stay there for a month, half the time with my husband and the other half maybe for solo travel, which I've never done before, but I'm excited and nervous to finally try it. Let me know if you have any personal tips on this. Thanks so much. All right. So that is the basic question. Of course, we decided that we wanted to make it even wider. But I guess since the very simple question at the at the heart of that is, do you have any tips, Tiffany, for the person who is traveling alone for the first time? My number one tip is like, bring a book to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> for me, anyway, I, for me, solo traveling, it introduced me to also solo dining which is not something you think about. Like you, you think, okay, I'm going to go solo traveling. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to go to museums and walk around and you know, maybe meet people. You don't think, oh, I'm also going to be having dinner in a restaurant alone. And for some people, that's probably not a problem. For me, I found it uncomfortable, not terribly, terribly uncomfortable, but a little bit uncomfortable and boring because I... Like I have to do something when I'm eating. If I'm talking to someone, that's great. But if I'm not talking to someone, I need to be reading or looking at something or watching something. I can't just sit there and eat. It's a very good tip. I'm the same way. I I don't think I ever, if I'm eating alone, am not reading something. And it is true. um, You think sometimes, I don't know if you found this to be true, but you think sometimes that if you're traveling alone, you're going to meet all these people. And maybe that is true to a certain degree if you're staying in hostels and things like that. But I have also found the opposite is true. You're traveling alone and you meet next to no one the whole time. Or if you do meet somebody, it's the pleasantries of the table that's beside you. And then you finish your meal and you leave. It's not like you end up with this great camaraderie of friends that go to the museum with you the next day. I think it really depends on the trip. I think it depends on where you go. There are sort of places where people go solo traveling, like India, for example. It's like a typical place where people go solo traveling. And so it's very, very easy to meet people in India. And I met so many people when I was traveling in India. Hmm. And some of them, like we went other places together and stayed together. And then I had situations, like you're saying, where I met no one, where I was completely alone the entire time. And then I had, I had this one funny experience. It was when I went to Vienna by myself. And so basically I had planned to go to Vienna. I've talked about this, I'm sure at least once on the show, but not, not this particular aspect of the trip, but I had planned to go to Vienna to coincide with, I want to say the 250th anniversary of the death of Mozart. They were going to be playing his Requiem in the church where his funeral was held but it was going to be played like at the exact moment that he died. I, I was like, I have to be there. I have to be there. And I bought the tickets. I was dating someone at the time who was, who couldn't go with me because he had had a very bad accident. 
had a very bad broken hip femur. And so he couldn't come, but you know, he's like, Oh, go, go, go. That sounds so fun. You know, I wish I could come. So I booked the tickets and also planned to go to Bratislava because I saw on the map that it was extremely close and you could take a bus and like 40 minutes be in a different country. So I, I booked this trip this boyfriend broke up with me for not for completely different reasons. He broke up with me like literally a week before the trip. And I was devastated. It was the worst breakup of my life. Not because he was the person I loved more than anyone else, but because I think he was the only person who ever broke up with me. (laughs) (laughs) And so my ego was not used to that. Well, and if it was also a surprise, was it it a surprise? It was very shocking. Yes. And so, um, so long story short, I find myself in Vienna. All my friends said, don't go like you're, it's going to be so lonely. You're if it was wintertime too. It was like December. And I was like, I'm going, I bought this tickets. I'm going. And so I, I went and I mean, I was a total mess, like crying a lot, but I met these people. I met this couple who were, you know, middle-aged couple. And I wasn't ready yet to say, um, I knew that my relationship was over, but I just wasn't ready to like admit it in a social setting, uh, especially with people who weren't my friends. And so, you know, they asked me about my life and we chatted and I said, I had this boyfriend who had a broken leg and was in, you know, Italy and da, da, da. But I mean, I, I feel like they must have been able to like detect my extreme sadness that was just like <laughs> over, absolutely overwhelming me at that time. Although I tried to put on a brave face. And the funny thing was, we kept running into each other at three different places. Like I ran into them at a museum at like a Christmas market, somewhere eating like soccer tort, like all the, like, like we must've had the same guidebook, because, you know, like in the beginning of the rough guidebook, it's like, don't miss these 27 things. Yeah. And so I'm like, I am not going to miss these 27 things because that's the other thing about solo traveling. You can do so much more when you're solo traveling because you spend less time like sort of chilling in cafes and having long lunches and maybe having a nap in the afternoon with your partner. Like you just, you have more time. I feel like particularly that trip, I was like, I've got to feel every single second. So I don't dwell on my heartbreak. So I was doing everything and I kept seeing these people and it was almost like embarrassing by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, that's actually probably another good tip is if you're solo traveling in a place for the first time, you might have maybe an idea of something you'd like to do every day. Even if it's just today, I want to take a really long walk along this beach. It could be that simple. It doesn't have to be like, I'm in this museum and I'm at this, you know, but you have a plan for the day. And I think it's also interesting, Estrella, just because I know you lived in Rome and you're going back to Rome. And I don't know if solo traveling for you means that you're going to travel the country of Italy or if it means that you're going to be in Rome alone for a while. I do think that it it's different if it's somewhere that you lived and you're alone because then you can kind of retrace your steps of all the places you liked to go without the encumbrance of your husband who might not want to go to all those places. That's one of the things I really love about solo traveling is revisiting a place that I love going and just being able to wander around and do the things that I liked doing when I was there. Yes. One of the best benefits, I think, of solo traveling is you do whatever you want and there is nobody else who you have to make happy. You know, and if you have a partner who has a very different traveling style from you, 
it can cause friction when you travel because you might be like, I want to go 10 places a day. And your partner might be, I want to people watch. And I want to just sit in a cafe and soak up the atmosphere. And it can be hard. I'm definitely in the first camp, mm. not, not excessively. I like to soak up the atmosphere too, but I like, I like to do stuff. And I have had the opportunity on the trips that I went on alone. I feel like I did things that I just wanted to do. Also just random things where like, I want to, I want to be able to say I did this. It might not end up being as great as I think it's going to be, but I want to just, I want to try it. I want to do it. And one of the things that particularly comes to mind is Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to this forest in Portugal that I had read about. The forest wasn't really quite as enchanted as I thought it was going to be, (laughs) but I decided I was going to do that. I'm going to go to this forest and I'm going to sit in the middle of the trees and, and just be in nature. I'm going to do this. And I just made it happen. I think there's nothing like solo traveling for an opportunity to do that kind of thing. I'll be the hazard side of this discussion. (laughs) The hazard of that is that don't you also find that sometimes it highlights the limitation of your imagination? Even if you skip for a moment where you're like, huh, what should I do today? Exactly those moments when you planned a solo trip, but it's kind of going on a little longer than maybe it should have or something, that occasionally you have those moments where you think, I should be having the best day of my life right now on my own. And I cannot for the life of me think of what I want to be doing right now. Maybe this happens to me more often because I don't plan as well as you do when I go to places, Mm. but that's changing. I'm getting better. I think planning is a big part of it. And just knowing yourself well enough to know, like, what is it that I really enjoy doing? Do I really enjoy sitting in a cafe for two hours and write and writing in my journal? Because some people do and some people don't. And, you know, just, I think, know yourself. Do I really want to see three museums on this one trip? Or is that going to feel like too much? What do you truly enjoy doing? But yes, I have been in a situation where I was, it was that same trip. It was the Vienna Bratislava trip. And Vienna was great because Vienna is amazing. And there's so much to see in Vienna. It's an amazing place. Bratislava. Mm, not so much. Um, I found Bratislava extremely underwhelming. Like it's very charming. It's very pretty, but there's really nothing to do. Like there's a castle maybe. And like, once you've seen the castle, you've, you've seen it all. And I was there for three days. Mm-hmm. I just remember being like, what am I supposed to be doing here? I've seen every angle of this cute little town. And quite frankly, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've done a lot more solo traveling than I have. I, In fact, I think when this show began, I had hardly traveled alone ever. Well, now, where have you solo traveled now, so that we can compare? Well, I mean, I don't know. A, a list. I I mean, sometimes it's I solo travel to where other people are also. Like when I was in Rome, for instance, I solo traveled to Thailand, but I met up with my dad and my sister and a bunch of other people when I was there. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider that solo traveling. You were on the plane by yourself, but to me, solo traveling is, you know, you aren't planning to meet anybody and maybe you will meet someone by accident, but you, your trip, you know, you're staying alone. You're not going to meet up with people. To Mm -hmm. me, that's, that's not solo traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still haven't done a ton, but I mean, I guess I kind of even consider the month in New Orleans solo traveling. That for sure. Yeah. That I would definitely consider solo traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And so things like that. Nothing's popping to mind right now just because, I don't know, tired. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've done a lot lately. 
Well, not I, since the ooh. pandemic started. I've done some like solo um, car trips during the pandemic just because I felt so stir crazy that I wanted to get out of my home. So I would just like rent an Airbnb somewhere in the state of Washington and drive there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and stay there by myself for a few days and walk around in different oh. areas. You're so lucky that you were able to do that. We were not allowed to do that. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, actually, since we've been talking about Vienna and, and Bratislava, and actually since I mentioned that about, you know, Estrella going back to somewhere that she knows as a familiar place, as the launching point of this solo travel, do you find that how you felt in a place forever colors your experience of that place? I think it must depend on how strong... And how long it lasted because like for me Montreal I have very very negative feelings about Montreal but that's because I mean I was there for a couple years and it was not a positive experience for me yeah so you know it's a beautiful city but I just I don't even think I ever want to go back even just to visit whereas I think about Vienna and I was very very sad when I was there but I think if I went back like I might have a few of those memories pop back into my head but I think that I would see it in a whole new light, maybe especially like if I went in a different season. So I, I think it, I think maybe it depends on how strong the feeling is when you're living it. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I was because I was thinking of it. I guess one of the places I solo traveled um, in recent years was when I came and spent that month in Rome mm -hmm. in 2018, you know, and was there for the whole month. And obviously I lived in Rome for a year but when I'm back there, I can feel all of the, the tumult of what I felt like in living there. I can still feel all that. So I love it. I love it there. But I can so vividly remember how uncomfortable I was. Kind of everything that we made this show from. How mm -hmm. out, out of place I felt, how many mistakes I made. Couple that with these restaurants that I love and this gallery that I love. And going to see all those places again, it, it still holds that mix of like joy and discomfort for me. It's very easy for me to feel all the things that I felt there. I would imagine the same would happen to me if I went back to Montreal, because it's a bigger experience than just a trip. You know, mm -hmm. you lived in Rome, like I lived in Montreal. And it was like a long enough period that it was like very intense, but not so long that it gets diluted. Mm -hmm. For me, my Roman experience is extremely diluted because I've been here so long. I've experienced highs and lows and everything in between. There isn't like one feeling that is Rome to me. Whereas Montreal, like I have very, very specific things I was going through at that time because it was like a medium length period. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's interesting. I don't know about you, but with not that the pandemic is over, but with the lessening of restrictions that's happening. I find this desire because I've spent so much time sitting in my home or being in at my house. I, I don't mind my house, but I've been here an awful lot in the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I have in me this desire to really just go be somewhere else for a time. And, you know, sometimes I think, well, maybe I'll just go be in Savannah, Georgia for a while. That would that would be different somewhere else for a while or I'll go stay at my aunt's train station that she often isn't at that's in uh, rural Ohio I'm like maybe I'll go sit in rural Ohio for a while and just be somewhere <laughs> different but then that's just me again isolated in some other location you know it taps into like 
the discomfort of that and also the adventure of that. And, and I really feel like, is that what I want coming out of this pandemic to go sit somewhere else by myself when it's been so isolating in general? Mm. So I don't know. I mean, that's a question I'm still sort of asking myself because I have this real desire for novelty and for seeing something else and doing something else desperately. But at the same point, I'm also like, I don't know that I have a desperate need to do that alone. You yeah. know, I don't. So that makes it conflicted. And it's not like Derek can just take time off of work and go sit with me somewhere else. You know, And even if we did, even if he took time off of work and we went to Savannah, Georgia, it would just be us in a house like it's been for the last two years. So I don't know. Not necessarily. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it depends where you go. Like if you go to rural Ohio, maybe. Maybe it'll just be you guys sitting in a house. But if you were to go to New Orleans, for example, it's not going to just be you and Derek sitting in a house in New Orleans. You'd be out doing stuff. You'd be out experiencing new things, having a new reality, meeting new people, seeing things in a new way. I mean, that's why we travel. It's still us, but it's us in a totally different place. Yeah, that's not wrong. And of course, I'm being a little shorthanded and jokey about about that. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not going to just go sit somewhere else. But you know what I mean? It's sort of that. I don't know. It's an interesting time for solo travel right now in my head. I think so too. I think it, I think it might be hard. I think it might be challenging for people who've, you know, particularly people who have spent these last two years isolated, uh, maybe like people who live alone, particularly, I would not suggest maybe solo travel for someone who, who lives alone, who's been living alone for the past couple of years, unless you go someplace like India, it really is easy to meet people especially like you said, if you stay in hostels or, you know, there are, there are certain trips that you can take that technically, yes, you are solo traveling, you're staying alone. Um, you're going there alone, but you are maybe participating in a course of some kind. Like I'm thinking of when I went to Indonesia and I did a diving course, it was a little mini community. It was this tiny little community of people who loved to dive. There were some tourists and there was plenty of people who lived there you meet people, you meet like-minded people, or maybe you want to go and take a language course someplace. You're still getting get, get the experience of traveling alone, but you're going to be meeting people. You're going to be maybe seeing the same people over and over again. And you might have a lot in common and you might, you know, make a great friendship or even just hang out with someone who's pleasant. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, if you want to strike a happy medium between traveling alone and being with other people, that would be a, a great way to do it. I mean, there's so many different things you could do too. You could take a photography course. You could take a cooking course, like an intensive cooking course in Italy somewhere. The possibilities are endless. It's funny because when you were saying that, it reminded me of how Derek actually talks about the time when he walked to the Camino del Santiago. You know, you're walking along, you're walking at a human pace. And so oftentimes you're walking alone and sometimes you're walking with somebody else. And you're walking with somebody else for maybe a couple hours, maybe a day. And I, being the inexperienced solo traveler that I was when he was telling me about this, thinking that this adventure seemed like the most worldly thing a person could ever do. I said, well, what if you're walking along with somebody for a few days and you really don't want to have to talk to that person anymore? Like, what do you do? And he said, oh, it's easy. You just leave earlier the next morning. Or you just tell them as they head off that you're sticking around this town for a while or whatever, you know, he's like, you just switch your rhythm, say it's been great knowing them and then they go on, you know, and 
there is something appealing about the river aspect of those kind of conversations to me where, you know, people come and go and you can decide that you want to walk the whole way with someone if you meet somebody great or you can just be by yourself. But but yeah, I like your idea of setting yourself up if you feel like you're going to need people, setting yourself yeah. up with some way to encounter people. But also like sure. going back to where we started, bringing a good book or a couple good books and I mean, what I do like about it is that sometimes you have a good, really good chance to like be yourself, mm -hmm. which sounds so basic, but you forget, like you were mentioning how much you might temper what it is that you want to do based on whoever you're traveling with. Yeah. I also think it's important to remember that if you're traveling alone, unless you do it all the time and it's like your passion, I would guess that pretty much every single person, when you're traveling alone, you're going to experience loneliness from time to time. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that is normal and it's okay. And it doesn't mean you're not having a great trip. Um, even if you feel sad, you know, one afternoon, you're like, oh, I wish I had someone to share this with, because maybe you're looking at a beautiful sunset and you just wish you had someone to share it with. It's okay to feel sad and lonely when you're traveling alone. That doesn't mean you're not having a great time and that it's not worth it. Yeah, that's a great point. It's okay to occasionally think, what am I doing here? <laughs> Why <laughs> yeah, am I out here sure. in the world by myself? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Well, thank you so much for that question. And good luck. Let us know how it goes. And I hope it's a wonderful adventure. And uh, if you have a question, like I mentioned at the beginning, feel free to send us an email, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. You could also tweet at us. Yes. Find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for the Bittersweet Life Podcast. And you can always find us at our website, thebittersweetlife.net, where you can find ways to donate. And before we go, Tiffany and I are planning a upcoming show that we'd like to do in the next few weeks. So if this appeals to you, get on it right away. We want to do a show that involves your sounds. Now, you know me, I love sounds, and I've gotten Tiffany to love sounds. And she came up with this idea specifically about the sounds that you love. Do you want to explain what your idea was? Yeah, I don't necessarily mean sounds that you love because they're so beautiful, uh, although they might be beautiful, but sounds that specifically mean something to you. Uh, for example, the sound of the teapot whistling that means you're going to have your tea you know just things that are really simple maybe there are things in your daily life um, but sounds that mean something to you that make you happy that make you excited or make you realize that something good is about to happen yes a great example you gave me and we're not going to give all our examples now because this is what the show's about but a great example you gave me was something uh, I guess you put this question out on Twitter and it was a response you received from a guy who said he loves hearing the garage door go up because it means his wife is home. Yeah. Things like that. Things that are a sound that trigger something to you. We would love to hear those simple or complex sounds. Send that to us along with a little story about what it is about that sound. And we're hoping to play what you come up with. So it's pretty easy. If you have any kind of smartphone, there will be a way to record on there. Record the sound and then send it to us by our email address. Yes. Tiffany, you can explain. Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't know how to do this, um, open your voice recorder app. And after you've taped it, there's a little arrow on there somewhere. It's usually an, 
like a square with an arrow pointing up and you hit that and it, it'll give you options of how to send it if you want to text it or airdrop it to someone, but just click email and uh, type in our email address, which is bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And then you can send the sound and write a little couple line description of what it is. Uh, if you think to tell us where you where you are. Yeah, you can also record your own voice telling us these things if you'd like, if you'd prefer that. Yes, that would be wonderful as well. And yeah, we hope to hear sounds from you wherever you are in the world. So be listening. And until next time, <laughs> this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Support the show by wearing a Bittersweet Life t-shirt or socks or even a Bittersweet Life face mask. We have merch, and you might find your new favorite mug by visiting thebittersweetlife.net. Click on support to explore the merch catalog. And have fun!